So you're saying I shouldn't send that text. Come on. It would be fun, right? You know how panicky Pete he can get. I'm not saying do it, but I'm not saying don't do it. A little little breaking down the fourth wall here real quick for the final hour. If you listen to our Sunday night show on Fox Sports Radio with Arnie Spanier, uh, Arnie is the ultimate. He's uh, Yeah, it's a constant state of calamity. Thank you. Paranoia. What have you heard? What's going on with the show? Have you heard anything? What's, uh, what's, I think, and, and inevitably it's, I bet they're sh- shaking things up. I bet they're moving everyone around. I just now get this, I'm just worried, man. I just get the worried. sense that, <laughs> I just get the like, sense they don't want us around bro, anymore. Bro, we've been in radio for like 30 years, man. How, how, this is every day in this business. All right, final hour is, uh, live from Cavens on a Thursday. If you missed hours one and two, it, you need to catch up on the podcast. We talked about one angle of depth chart drama that for some reason hasn't necessarily been as visible as the running back drama. Uh, we talked, we heard from Todd Bates and Bill Beanbow as they'll be the stars tonight on Coach's Corner. A lot of really good test, uh, text on the show. And the Crosstown Clash is tonight. In fact, let's get going with the top five stories of the day. And let's start there. Top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Ah, yes, Newcastle Casino. 14 table games, including Baccarat, Poker, Blackjack, you name it, they've got it for you. Newcastle Casino. Exit 107 off I-44, com. Okay, I can't do it. I, what, what exit did I say? Did I say exit 107? Did I say it right? You did. Okay, exit 107 off I-44. All right, big story, number five. Number five. Little twofold here. Number one, congratulations to history last night at the University of Nebraska. 92,003 fans for a volleyball match, which set the, do we still say Guinness Book of World Record? Set the record for the most attended sporting event in women's sports history. And Nebraska won in three sets over Omaha. I wonder what the view was like, Josh, from that upper deck. I wonder if that was a good view or not to take it all in. Seemed like it'd be challenging to watch a volleyball match from, you know, section five oh eight. At that point you're not even really there to view. You're just you're just supposed to be a statistic. Fair enough. And then tonight, big story five A. The Norman Tigers, the Norman North Timberwolves in the city of Norman. It's called the Crosstown Clash. Josh will be on the Norman North call. They get the second half. Uh, Connor will be on the Norman call with Andrew Himes. That's the first half. But the most important thing to remember is krefsports.tv, 6.30 pregame, as Cavens Group will bring you the Crosstown Clash. N- names, players, anything to look forward to? If you missed, we had Justin Jones on in Hour 2 on yesterday's podcast. But what are some things we need to keep our eye on tonight, Josh? Devin Alexander has uh, really, really impressed. That's running back for Norman. He's uh, – you know, the buzz from the coaching staff is he's as good as he's ever looked. And mm-hmm. he's looked really, really good <laughs> beforehand, okay? So if this is as good as he's ever looked, that's exciting for the Tigers. 
Owen Eshelman uh, steps in, takes over at quarterback for Norman North. He was pressed into duty last year in the playoff game for Norman North when Camden Sixkiller went down with an injury and then was in a quarterback battle with Lee Turnipseed. And then obviously Turnipseed's no longer here and Eshelman wins the gig. So it's uh, a couple of programs with new quarterbacks. So there's, man, there's a ton of storylines to break down. All right, there you go, 6.30 pregame on the air locally in Norman, 99.3 FM, 1400 AM, streaming at krefsports.tv. All right, big story number four. Number four. There are certain benchmarks in careers that deserve a conversation, and to me, 300 home runs is one of them. 7-6 in the bottom of the eighth, first pitch to Harper. He launches one high in the air, deep right field, Renfro back. Looking up, and it's gone! Number 300 is a go-ahead two-run home run by Harper in the bottom of the eighth inning. It's one amazing swing after another this month for the Phillies, and Harper has put the Phillies up 8-7 to seven with his 300th career home run. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, he becomes the 26th player to do it before the age of 31. But lo and behold, the Phillies lost last night. You know, if we weren't into college football and if we weren't into uh, all things NFL coming up, I might have some excitement about the Braves-Dodgers series in L.A. this weekend, but I feel like we all know where this is headed. That's going to be the NL Championship Series. But have you looked at the standings recently to see what Philly's doing? I mean, this is pardon the pun wild i mean they lead the wild card by five games five games josh seven of their last 10 suddenly 15 games over 500 really cool story bryce harper career home run number 300 all right uh big story number three mariners by the way uh nice little second half story oh yeah great point too seattle currently sitting in first place in the national league west the Rangers have fallen a game back. Welfare check on my man Mike Stewart and T.J. Perry. How are we hanging in there, boys? Welfare, right. stressed. <laughs> Big story number f- uh, three. three. Number three. All right, yeah, let's just go through the quick hits. Quick hits. Number one, uh, Chris Ballard is, is taking some heat today, but I agree with the Colts GM on the Jonathan Taylor situation with this take. It sucks. It sucks for the Colts, it sucks for Jonathan Taylor, and it sucks for our fans. It, it, it just, it does. And it's, it's where we're at, and we've got to work through it. And we're going to do everything we can to work through it. Relationships are repairable. They're repairable. Agreed. Remember the story yesterday, the Packers were trying to trade for him, the Dolphins were trying to trade for him, Indy asked for Jalen Waddell. It's kind of a hot mess right now with Jonathan Taylor, but I still think he's going to get moved. I mean, eventually they got to move on from him. Seems that way. Yeah, I mean, it feels like there's plenty of smoke uh, that direction, but uh, I like that he's open and honest there. That yeah, it's just, Sure. Hey, know, this sucks. Taylor, I guess, eventually could be a winner in this deal, and maybe if you get the right set of uh, assets back, you look mm-hmm. back and say the, the Colts are a winner on, on the deal. But for fans, it just flat-out stinks because you're losing a Agreed. star probably. Agreed. Uh, all right, what's going on with Chris Jones? Here's Brett Veach. Listen, certainly hopeful for that. You know, we have been in communication, and uh, actually just the last two days, um, we've been in more communication, so we're 
going to continue to press on and, and, and work hard and a lot of respect on, on both sides of this thing. And I mean, it's been obviously well stated how we feel about Chris and he feels the same way. So again, we're just going to keep, keep working on this thing and, you know, we're looking forward to next Thursday and, and hopefully he's in the lineup and he's ready to go. I think this is as chill as I've ever seen you, Josh, over a uh, kind of franchise player holding out, or is it just, it's so easy for you guys right now that it's like, ah, you know, let everyone have a little fun, watch us maybe struggle stopping people, and then Patrick Mahomes go out and score 70 points. I think just you're too relaxed right now. Steeped in the idea that eventually Chris Jones will play. Okay. You know, whether or not the financials and long-term deal gets worked out. And maybe he doesn't and could be dead wrong on that. And even then you got Patrick Mahomes to fall back on. And you turn your attention to hopefully some draft picks that uh, aren't going to be Chris Jones, but maybe could be serviceable. So, oh, you know. Okay, with uh, okay. Patrick Mahomes, right? You're always going right. to be okay with Patrick Mahomes. All right. All right, I'm not going to. I wish you were more stressed about this. Unfortunately, you are not, which is completely and totally understandable. One other one other note, and this one quick. Um, they are not trading Nick Bosa. I thought, well, at least that's what one Kyle Shanahan said. There's no way that you guys would consider trading Nick? No. Yeah, I mean, I haven't talked to many people about that, but I know how I feel pretty strongly. I think everyone would agree that. <laughs> yeah, he ain't going. He's not going anywhere. Stop. Anything else in the NFL you saw? Yes, Joe Burrow got back to practice. That was big for the Bengals. Though I found it odd that they had to cross like a busy street in order to get to their practice uh, area. It's like, hold on, wait, the bus has got to roll through before we get to the practice field. TJ Hawkinson, does uh, th- that move the needle for you? Did he get paid or is it the ear infection? A new deal. Oh, okay, so he got a new deal. Because he – I just saw the Adam Schefter tweet. Adam Schefter uh, tweeted, TJ Hawkinson's ear infection and back pain, which limited his practice time this summer, feel much better now. And I didn't see anything else, and I was like, oh. Oh, okay. $17 million makes him the highest paid tight end in football. Hmm. Well, and most people would agree that he's quite a bit better than Travis Kelsey and uh, George Kittle. He deserved he's earned that, right? He's earned that after no getting doubt. traded last year. All right, big story number two. Number two. I think maybe, Josh, I might be the only person excited to watch UCF tonight, knowing that it's a team on uh Oklahoma's schedule this year. But uh Gus Malzon Gus Malzon had his press and it's uh UCF and Kent State tonight. And, of course, Kent State's coach, Sean Lewis, left to become the offensive coordinator at Colorado. You know, what does it say about where your, your, your program is that you lose a guy to be an OC somewhere? But I get it. I understand it. But here was Gus Malzahn ahead of tonight's game talking about what? Depth. And what UCF's depth looks like. He's used the term quality depth, Big 12 depth, a lot this summer. Here's what Malzahn said about it. Wait, wait, well, hold on here. One click there. All right, let's try this again. Three, two, one. Keep consistent. There's no doubt. I mean, we're, we're, we have more quality depth than we've had many times I've been here. Now, we'll see. I mean, like I said, the first game you learn so much about your team. And some guys respond differently in games. And so, but I would say with the information we have right now, really on both lines of scrimmage, we do have, uh, you know, depth and quality depth. 
Now, the other thing about tonight's game that you might find interesting is the uh, the hurricane just rolled through, and apparently the remnants, uh, it's still raining quite a bit in Orlando. Here's what Gus Malzahn said about hurricane prep. I think, you know, right now we're staying on course, uh, you know, as is, but we, we will see. You know, we learned last year we got to adjust, and, uh, you know, we're taking it, you know, hour by hour, just probably just like everybody else is, and if we have to adjust, we will, but right now we're trying to stay on course. It's the Big 12 opener essentially tonight with UCF and Kent State. But in my mind, it's probably about five or six on the depth chart because, yeah, I'm fired up about seeing Kevin Wilson in Tulsa. Hope there's a great crowd out at Chapman Stadium for TU and UAPB. Uh, but I feel like nationally all eyes are on what Florida and Utah will have. Billy Napier's got mm-hmm. a vision. Talk about a slow build. Uh, I mean, Graham Mertz has taken over as their quarterback. And what, Josh? We could see a third stringer potentially play tonight. The, the spread is back up to five. So that spread just moved this morning to put Utah as a five-point favorite. But that's probably, what, number one, and then Nebraska-Minnesota number two for yeah. the two games tonight? I, I can't wait. They're both going to be great. Let me ask you this, though, on Go UCF. Ahead. Which uh, which is better, competitive depth or quality depth? Your calls at 405-329-9000. Are you more fired up about the competitive depth conversation or the quality depth? Or I'm sorry, yeah, quality depth conversation. Everyone, I guess, has their own little buzzword. Here's your TV viewing schedule tonight, krefsports.tv, for the Crosstown Clash, which is what everyone should be watching. The Florida or the Kent State UCF game is on FS1 at 6. You get 6.30, North Carolina State and UConn on the CBS Sports Network. Then Florida and Utah's on ESPN at 7, Nebraska, Minnesota on Fox at 7, and then for Tulsa, it's ESPN Plus tonight. At seven, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So I mentioned earlier that there were a couple of cuts that maybe we missed out on, at least getting to on the show. When we come back, we'll share. Brent Venables on linebackers and Ted Roof on that competition that's currently taking place in that room. We'll dive into it next from Cavens on the ref. Something very terrible just happened during this commercial break, Josh. Oh, no. I I got access to the um, – I got access to the page that shows where everyone is listening from. That's not a good thing for this program. That's the last thing that I need to be doing. Where uh, Where is the most eclectic location, as we currently said? Brussels. How about that? What's up, Brussels? Yeah. This is the wildest. I did not need this. I did not need this. Um, This is really cool. All right, we're competitive here. We're right in the realm where we need to be, at least for the the Plank show. I'm not overly competitive on this. Good number of you guys listening right now. All right, let's see. Hold on. It's, It's refreshing the map. Why did I do this, Josh? I got audio to play here. Nobody cares about this except for you and I. Let's see here. Boom, boom. There is somebody that is tuned in in Brussels, Belgium, who has been listening to the last hour and 45 minutes of the show. You can see all of that? Uh, Someone is tuned in from South Holland, Netherlands. (laughs) Nice. 
All right, let's find out. Is mom listening this morning or not? This is uh, Wood River. We go. Let's see here. In uh, oh, we're in St. Louis. Okay, St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis. Hold on, hold on. There's there's quite a few people here in St. Louis. I'm trying to click around them. Yeah, it doesn't look like mom's tuned in this morning. Wow, that uh, is definitely going to affect things whenever that decision about the nursing home comes up. I'm so mm. sorry. That's devastating. That's yeah, tough. Perry, why'd you do this to me? All right, um, before we get to the text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, I mentioned there were two pieces of audio that really caught my ear, and I wanted to play them from the various shows. Now, a very selfish, greedy moment here. If you want to listen to any of the programs that have been on the Sooner Radio Network, on Sooner Vision, on ESPN+, Plus, they're all available right now on the Sooner Sports Podcast, including the Brent Venables press conference, the coach, uh, the assistant coaches press conferences, uh, which Ted Roof and Jeff Levy talked, and, of course, Sooner Sports Talk with Brent Venables, where Coach was asked by Teddy Lehman to talk about the linebacker room, right? And I, I don't remember if we played this earlier in the week, but this was awesome in hearing Brent talk about the depth in that room and how he feels about yeah, it. Yeah, I love the group. Uh, it's it just we have so much, so many more guys that are capable of playing, have tremendous future uh, there. Uh, it's an athletic group, super very athletic. athletic. Yep. So, Canick uh, and uh, Kip Lewis, or uh, uh, Lewis Carter, Kobe McKenzie, Phil Pachati. Obviously, Desan McCullough and uh, Justin Harrington, along with looking at you know, Sammy Omasigo and then uh, Reggie Pearson playing some Cheetah, Peyton Bowen's playing a little bit of Cheetah. Uh, those guys are, uh, and Shane Witter uh, as well. Those are all, we're, it, it, it's like a, a full time job for one of our off field guys to make sure that our, our rep count is the substitution pattern is, is right to get all the guys the exposure. And, and uh, because we really feel that's a really, really strong group. It's got a great, great future ahead. But immediately, and I, I love the competition. I love the strain. I love the intelligence. Um, we've got good size. Again, our ability to run and strike. Uh, it's excellent, and we're only going to get better, you know, from from where we start the year. And it's a it's a group of guys that are reflective of really kind of our whole team. You know, we've got 64 of our 85 scholarship players are in their first or second year uh, here at Oklahoma, and so that just that means a lot of opportunity. Young, yes, we've got a lot of youth, but we've got uh, you know great um, talent, you know, as well that um, that really likes to work. And the the other side of that, the guys that aren't first or second year, we actually have we have 17 graduates already, uh, and you know so we have 17 guys all working on their master's degrees, and wow. then we have a uh, another seven guys that by the time we play our bowl game will ha- also have their degree. So we're looking at 24 players that will have their degree, you know, uh, you know by the time we play, you know, in our bowl game. So there's. We don't have a lot in between. They either just got here, or you know, yeah. they've they've played a lot of college football. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, love the again overall again the the leadership uh, on our football team, tremendous buy-in. And again, with all the new guys, what I've liked 
just having been around a locker room close to 35 years in college as a player and a coach, you know it when you see it and you know it when you don't, when you have good chemistry and cohesion. And we have that. Even though there's a tremendous amount of competition, there's not guys stiff-arming each other. Uh, they're, they're helping each other and uh, want to beat each other out. But they're, it's, it's a really uh, close football team. I can see. Yeah, that's, I didn't mean to cut off Tad, but I just I think that's I think that's great because I was looking back. Um, I pulled up last year's game notes from the Kent State game, right? And I don't I don't necessarily know if this is the the best way to look at it, but when you when you take a look at the oh those are the post game notes oh dang it. I was going to say, there's just, even though there's not a lot of guys who have had experience at the University of Oklahoma, you get the sense, Josh, that it's a lot of guys who are in a much better place to be difference makers than maybe this depth chart was a year ago from today. Right? There's changes, and there's guys you wish you had back. I mean, I wish Braden Willis was back. I think he'd be the the one guy from last year's team where I'm like, give me Braden Willis. But Mims would be nice. Yeah, Mims wouldn't be too bad either. He's had a good camp. But I guess point more than anything else that I'm trying to make is there. While there's been a lot of turnover, it's still pretty cool to see that in that turnover they've developed some really good depth at a position that, well, you basically had. You know, two guys that seemed like they played about every snap there last year at that backer position, right? I mean, you, that was just linebackers in general that Coach was talking about. But, you know, Stutzman's going to play a lot. Kanick's going to play a lot. But there he mentioned four to five guys that they have someone in practice who is making sure that they're getting everyone the proper reps that they need. That, to me, is pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's exciting and uh you know, just how all of this is going to shake out in terms of how much we see everybody coming up right. on uh, on Saturdays. Uh, we hope, right? Uh, we hope that's the most interesting part of this contest. Yeah, I I want to be sitting there in the fourth quarter sweating, not being able to even comprehend how incredibly awesome it's going to feel to be able to get into that locker room, into that red room, and interview people and be in the AC. And I want to have my roster out trying to figure out, all right, who's 94 that's out there? Who's 96 that's out there? It's just, it's the reality of it. Dude, it is wild to look at last year's. I found it. It is wild to look at last year's game one depth chart compared to t- today. I mean, one year. One year. The, the, entire, the entire depth chart on the corner position opposite Woody Washington is gone, and none of them graduated. Think about that for a moment. Well, one of them graduated. I apologize. Woody Washington was the starter at corner last year, Josh. Okay. You ready? The corner opposite of Woody Washington. Jaden Davis, Kendall Dennis, Joshua Eaton, or C.J. Colden. C.J. Colden didn't really start becoming a difference maker until what? The midpoint of the season? Here's the linebacker depth chart. Danny Stutzman was the starter at Will with his backup, Shane Witter, whom got hurt, right? The other linebacker spot, David Aguebu, Jake McCoy, or a true freshman in Jaron Kanick. Now, 
I, that's a laundry list of dudes that are there at that backer position. And you just heard him lay it out. One more take on this uh, that I'd, I'd held on to until this exact moment. And that is the overall just competition at Cheetah. Everyone loves to talk about Cheetah. In that backer room, treated like a backer in a roundabout ways, but a lot of responsibility. We started this show with a conversation about, hey, everyone's freaking out about the running back depth, but everyone seems to be pretty cool with Justin Harrington beating out, for now, uh, Deshaun McCullough, who had been the talk of the transfer portal. Ted Roof talked about it. You know, that position has a... Okay, hold on here. There's a lot going on right now. All right, here we go. Let's try this second take. You know, that position has a very long job description, you know, and you've got to be multi-talented. You can't be a one-dimensional player there, a one-dimensional linebacker to play there. And uh, it's, again, he and Justin have pushed each other this this off, certainly last spring, this off season, and now into into fall camp. And uh, as a result of that, it's made both of them better. And as a result of that, it's made us better. And again, that's a, that's that's a good battle. And uh, you know, with the variety of roles that we ask those guys to do, so uh, it's it's been good for us. And I'm I'm real proud of Desan. I think that he has come in and uh, worked his tail off and uh, has picked things up uh, quickly. And he's a smart football player that uh, has got great length, and uh, you know it's, it's going to be a good player. Yep. And they've again, I think Coach Venables talked about it. They've played him in a lot of different places too. We've seen McCullough. Well, he did some edge, did some backer, so they've used him in a lot of different places too. There you go. You know what? You got to uh, you got to get your picks in today, Josh. Are you aware of this? Got to get him in. Yes. Uh, we got to get that done because I, I won't get to hang out. Or I could uh, – I guess I could call in. Okay. All right. That's not a bad idea. Josh is flipping tomorrow with Parker Thune. So tomorrow on the show, you can all ask from 9 to noon those questions about recruits that I can't answer. <laughs> so tomorrow on the show <laughs> – all of those things that you've ever wanted to know about recruiting that from 9 to noon you don't get, Parker will be here to help you out. Oh, yeah, and a lot of Sooner Talk, man. Parker's been out at the media avails. I told you it's all I want to talk about, dude. It's like literally, so we talk running back, we talk cheetah, we talk linebacker. I stop and pull back, and I'm like, man, I want to talk corners. I want to talk about that safety battle. I'm talking about Reggie Pearson. I mean, I just, it's going to be so fascinating to see how these pieces fit, but uh, Josh and Parker are flipping because this is you doing him a solid, right? Since he's traveling for Cruton. Yeah, he's got to uh, go find the, well, got to go identify the next crop of Sooners. So mm. no stress. I don't know about you, but I would have said no. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have. Yeah, I would have been like, You're heck no, I'm not flipping with you. All right, we'll take it. Wait, hold on. Which one's Grill Boy? Travis is Grill Boy. I'm sorry. We'll take a break. When we come back at 11.34, right here on The Ref, straight to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Your Sooner football thoughts next, right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. from Cavens Group on a Thursday. Emergency services 24-7, 365, including emergency water extraction, structural drying, emergency sewage cleanup, trauma, crime scene, tear grass, biohazard cleanup, meth lab cleanup, emergency board ups, 
365. They have you covered. 405-573-3048 or online at cavensgroup.com. Proudly bringing you the Crosstown Clash tonight. Norman and Norman North opening the season at Owen Field. And, dude, the turf looks amazing, right? Number one. And number two, they've got the fresh paint job on it too, right? I mean, they're going to get it with uh, Jason Ferry's incredible paint job that he's put on the field Ah, as well. Can't wait. From the 919 on the Mm. text line, Josh and Plague, who you got tonight in the Crosstown Clash? I've got North 3821. That's from the 919. First-time texter, so you know we got to respond. First-time texter who I've got in the Norman Norman North game. Josh wouldn't even put a spread on the game, sir. <laughs> I, I'm, Our man. I'm pulling a Herb Street. I'm sorry. So, but I mean, I'm not asking you to pick. Just if there was a number, if it would be out there, and I've got nothing. So I'm going to claim some ignorance on this, and I'm going to watch it and enjoy it at krfsports.tv. But I'll be, I'll be rooting for Josh to come away with the dub tonight. How's that? I have no insight to bring you at all. We're rooting for krefsports.tv tonight. What what uh, storylines, angles? How the two uh, new quarterbacks play, I think, uh, for both is is probably the biggest storyline. So basically you read the guy's text and we can't deliver to him is what you're saying. <laughs> I think we can deliver. I mean, it should be competitive. And, uh, okay. It's – I think it's a toss-up. I would I would okay. favor North going in, but uh, I think it's I think it's reasonable to expect either will win. Mm. From the four hundred five, is there a free option to listen to the OU game on Saturday? Absolutely, absolutely. You can go to SoonerSports.com/radio. Regardless where you are in the country. You can find great affiliates all over our fair land and God's country, flyover country. And you can download the Varsity Network app. You download the Varsity Network app, boom. Everything is free. Now, the Varsity Network app and at least my phone have a love-hate relationship with each other because the commercials play fine, as they always do. But then, and then, Josh, nothing. But download it. Uh, along with the ref app, you'll never miss an OU game. You'll never miss Sooner coverage. And guess what's most important about all of it? It's free. Blacktop Billy writes, the general booty underwear commercial is hilarious. No, it is not. I disagree. But Rock I did <laughs> I did have somebody yesterday say, bro, he's a four-string quarterback. It'll let him enjoy his moment. Just take it take it for what it is. He's never going to make any money off football unless he coaches. Let him have his joy. And I'm like, what? why are we trying to turn General Booty into a sex symbol? What are we even doing here right now, people? Did you see it? Oh, yeah. No, you, remember we brought this up yesterday. Oh, we brought I, it up on the show. I, and right. I hadn't seen it, and, and then I did see it. <laughs> oh, gosh, just painful. Hey, just maybe they've painful. maybe they've sold some underwear, right? I would assume they have. Dude, I just got a live look at the field. Jason Ferris, man, looks amazing. They're going to have to repaint it a little bit tomorrow because of tonight's game, but I'm excited to get Jason, out there. Jason, uh, one of the true superstars in the Sooner State. Man, 
Big time. Scary Gary has been on fire on the text line today. He writes, would you rather have the wide receiver room Ohio State had within the last four years or the new look OUD line of P.J. Stone and possibly McKinley and Williams? Well, I mean, listen, Scary Gary, I'm very excited about the future of the Oklahoma defensive line, right? But I think a majority of those Ohio State wide receivers are playing in the league right now. So, I mean, I'm excited about it, but, you know, I get Jackson Smith and Jigba and Chris Olave and, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., some think, is going to be the first non-quarterback taken this year. That's kind of tough. Why don't we do this, Gary? Let's make a deal. In five years from now, you send this same text. Is texting even going to be a thing in five years, Josh? Uh I mean, I would imagine so, but uh, I would who knows? Maybe you so. can text with your mind in five years. All right. Five years from now, you send me the same text, and let's have that conversation. You're asking me about potential based on established production. Now, I would take a dominant defensive line any day over playmaking receivers. But that is also a take that has changed over the last decade. Yeah, I mean, I – I do think it's defensive line. It's got to be, and, and right. not not even just because Oklahoma's going to the SEC and you you know you got to win in the. It's just it's football. If you're great up front, offensive line, defensive line, most times you're going to win or have a great chance to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, look at me. That's Gary. Gary always says hundred percent, hundred percent. Scott T writes, I'm not sure if this came through, but I found a wild stat. Florida will play their first non-conference road game out of the state of Florida since September 21st of 1991. I saw that. I was blown away by that. September of 91. (laughs) That's borderline criminal. Do you know who they played on September 21st of 1991? No, I couldn't tell you. Syracuse. <laughs> Syracuse. Uh, I, I don't – didn't we have the thing a couple years ago? Or maybe it was last year where that was the first road game for Alabama under Nick Saban in the non-conference era since like maybe ever, at least since his first year? You know, for a league that has won all these championships and now has more talent than anybody else and it's – that's proven out over NFL draft mm-hmm. picks and recruiting rankings. The cowardice that exists in the SEC is unbelievable. Play people. Play people. On that date, by the way, on that date, Josh Helmer, on September 21st of 1991, Syracuse beat number five Florida 38 to 21. Kirby Dardar had a 95-yard touchdown run. <laughs> That's great. That made it about a million times better. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, maybe that's why they don't leave the state of Florida anymore. The uh, admin said immediately after that game, well, that's it. We're never doing that's this it. again. We're not going on the road ever again. Thanks for bringing that stat up, Scott. I was gonna. This show was going to wrap without me getting to it. We were talking about uh, an overall record feel for the Sooners, too. 
Uh, here's one for the 405. I, I think someone had texted. No, I know someone texted and said, hey, I see all these projections of 11-1, and one, and everyone's saying we're going to lose to Texas. Do you buy that? I, I just – I'm going with the Jalen Hurts theory. I'm going to go 1-0 this weekend. But here's what the 405 writes. I think everyone still needs to be mindful of Oklahoma State. I feel like they are either going to surprise everyone and be pretty good, or they could have one of their worst seasons in a while. And then I'll tag on to that from the 405. They'll have one of their worst seasons in a while and then play out of their mind on Bedlam weekend. I have a hard time getting a read on Oklahoma State because I just I don't know what's going on at the quarterback position, right? Is it Rangal? Is it Gundy? Is it going to be Alan Bowman? Like everyone gushed over Alan Bowman, and you thought he was going to be the guy. And then Mike Gundy's like, yeah, I'm not sure that we're going to name a starting quarterback. And even went as far as saying they might play all three. There's been a lot of turnover. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still thinking that's going to be a tough game regardless of what happens. But, Josh, just as far as the Cowboys and their expectations this year, I don't have a very good feel for them right now. Right, and one of the weapons that we thought was going to be a difference maker for them, I mean, obviously is out of the equation now in Arlen Bruce. Your quarterback in Bowman is somebody that he's just kind of had that injury tag to him. That's That's been the story of the career. So trying to get a read on, yeah, who they're going to be, it's it's impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then there's this. What happens first, writes the 5-1-2, a shutout? Two 100-yards rushers and two 100-yards receivers are a punt return or kick return TD. I would say this, uh, the two 100-yard rushers or two 100-yard receivers. Just people – look, no, Notre Dame and Navy this weekend, Navy backs into a field goal late. Like, shutouts are hard to come by. But, well, if they pitch a shutout this weekend, look out. That's, what, which uh, one would you go with? That's a lot of offense, though. A couple of 100-yard runners and 100-yard receivers in the same I, game. Yeah, you know what? I, I guess I didn't read that right. I thought he just missed. Well, I would go with the shutout. That's 400 yards of offense right Right, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm, I'm almost punt return, kick return touchdown. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, oh, Drew from Flower Mound. Bold take. Stugkowski. Leads the team at touchdown receptions this season with 10. Well, we'll we'll see. I just hope that tight end position comes together. Or stays healthy. You get a little bit more confidence in that right now than maybe I do. But I I think Austin Stogner's got a chance to have a really good year. We'll take a break. Uh, We'll wrap things up. I mean, Steel Man's already standing by and ready to roll right here on the ref. All right, Josh. Final segment for us. Thanks to Gary for having us out today here at Cavens Group, proudly presenting tonight's Crosstown Clash. Cavens Group, 13 years in business, and just like they are tonight, constantly giving back to the community. Emergency response, water, fire, mold, hazmat. They've got you covered, 405-573-3048. All right. Uh, quarterback battles you've brought up, kind of seeing how the quarterbacks play tonight, your biggest storyline for that that crosstown clash. Yeah, I want to see how Phoenix plays for for Norman in that regard, and and obviously uh, Owen for Norman North, and then Alexander. I mean, is his uh, breakaway speed, his explosiveness, is that the difference maker 
for the Tigers. How does Norman North handle, you know, you had uh, Cabanus and uh, others that were really, really good skill guys for you, and you're replacing both. So how, how does Norman North handle retooling that tonight? There's a lot of unknowns in this game. It's not a, it's not a crosstown clash where – we go into it knowing a lot about either, and that sort of makes right. it fun. And it's, I'm sure for both coaching staffs, kind of makes it scary. Now, I want to remind you of something very important here, Josh. Do you realize what you haven't done yet? You have not submitted your picks for the Ref Royal Rumble. Yes, uh, that's true. I'm I'm aware that. Do, do I need to get that done now, or what's no, going on? No, no, no. I'm just I'm asking because you know you got games tonight, and a lot of people in this are on Nebraska. Teddy's on Nebraska tonight as his upset special. Uh, Travis has doubled down on Nebraska. He has him as his lock and his upset. A doubly bad pick. So you're good. You're good with not taking part with any of these games tonight. I might lock Minnesota. Okay. Ooh. (laughs) I, I I don't think I'm touching any of this tonight. I need to think about... The, the slate, and I haven't been able to totally sink my teeth into it. But I would not touch Nebraska. Okay. All right. Can't say that I blame you. Can't say that I blame you on this one. I don't – I love the idea that Nebraska is back because, at least within their fan base, it's every single season. I kind of think Minnesota might be good this year. I well, mean, it's, it's at Minnesota. Right. They nearly, what was it, Ohio State that went in there a couple of years for the opener and they scared the heck out of him? It was that running back that went nuts and then you never heard from him again. But enjoy the games tonight. Uh, Josh, have a great time on the call this evening, man. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. And uh, I guess we'll catch up next week. I yeah, suppose. we'll catch up next week. Uh, Parker is going to be in with me tomorrow. Josh will shift to hang out tomorrow with Mike Steely, who's next from Cavens right here on The Ref.